Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper on AFR Talk. Many years ago, I had a lady who was a member of the church where I pastored come and say, Brother Bert, you preach a lot of sermons that help us, uh, that challenge us uh, to know God's will, to live godly. But he, she said, would you mind doing a Bible study and preaching a sermon why God would say no to a dream? I'll never forget that. And it put me on a biblical search, and it led to this Bible study that I've done today. Uh, I won't go into her dreams that she felt were crushed, but at the same time, she was hurt by it. But also she knew that God had a greater purpose. Now, Nathan Harper, who is our co-host, will be discussing this today. Nathan, you know, we do not know everything God knows. We look through a glass, a mirror, glass dimly. We just see partial. Even with the Word of God, even with the Holy Spirit, our spiritual and future vision is blurred. Okay? That's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes. But... When God says no, it may be because of disobedience on my part, which is I would say I would go there first. You know, examine yourself to see if there be any wicked ways within you. Uh, And the dreams we're talking about are not necessarily dreams of a large house. We're not talking about dreams of a new car. What we're really talking about today is dreams of a ministry. Yeah. That we're talking about dreaming of a pastoring a, a large church, and it never happens. Pastoring us, um, teaching a Sunday school or a small group that is missional and is is carrying out, and it just is stuck. Sometimes those are tough times, aren't they? They are, and I've in the position that I am uh, in, serving with uh, Global Frontier Missions, we we hear story after story of. Uh, mission workers or potential mission workers or even current mission workers who they feel like God is moving them or they want to move move to a field, serve in a certain capacity in missions, and the door just is not open um, for lots of different reasons. Uh, they're told no, and you know they can't serve in that way. So it's very real for a lot of people. I want to use a passage of Scripture. We, Especially when we do a Bible study, you and I, we usually take a passage and we try to see the missional part of it. And we believe that most Scripture has a missional purpose. And so there's, there's not necessarily a limit of all the passages that we'll go through on this program. Today I want to read from 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass when David was dwelling in his house— that David said to the Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under tent curtains. Then Nathan said to David, Do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. 
Now, that's great. Is that great advice? Yeah. Do all that is in your heart yeah. for God is with you. But listen to the rest. But it happened. And and I would underline that if I were if I were at a point in my life where I was disappointed in what was going on in my life because I thought this would happen, but this has not happened. Listen to verse 3 and 4. But it happened that night that the Lord, the word of God came to Nathan saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, you shall not build me a house to dwell in. Wow. Nathan thought surely he knew what God wanted. Do all that is in your heart for your you know, wanting to please God. Just because it would be a good work, just because it would be a great thing to do, doesn't necessarily mean that you're the person to do it. That that's that's radical, Nathan. Yeah, I think, and I think a default to believing, if you know, if 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 there's a vision that we've been given or a dream that we have, a desire that's a good desire, um, maybe even a great desire, um, then I think by default it's good to pursue that. I think we're right to automatically. Go with that, right? Um, but God interrupted that that kind of train of thought. There, He He came and spoke and said, "Actually, no, this is not what I want you to do." Okay, when we were talking about this, and uh, I thank God that you know you and I get together and we try to do a little bit. Uh, you either have the Bible study, and I come along with you, or if I started, I come along with you in this. And this was mine, but I missed something that you really caught on to. So I want you to do that. In Acts, uh, you say, well, that was the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Well, uh, there was the Apostle Paul. He had a vision of going somewhere, didn't he? And God had a different idea? That's right. Um, Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 6 and following. It says, they, speaking of Paul and his, his Timothy and his crew, they went through the region of Phrygia, and Galatia, and were prevented by the Holy Spirit from speaking the message in the province of Asia. So they they had a desire, they had a plan uh, to go into into Asia. So and, did he quit trying to go? Well, actually, Late, read verse no, seven. You know, I, I, it, this this kind of tells how it yeah, played out. It did. Uh, when they came to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So. Bypassing Mysia, they came down to Troas. During the night, a vision appeared to Paul. A Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. After he had seen the vision, we immediately, now that includes Luke now joining the crew, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to evangelize them. So they were focused on Asia and tried multiple times Uh, different entry points to get into a certain province of Asia. And it was the Holy Spirit, actually, that prevented them Um, until they saw this vision. God gave them a vision, gave Paul a vision to go into Europe, actually, into Greece. So his vision, original vision, was to go further into Asia. Right. I remember uh, going to a conference years ago. I was in my 20s at that time, and I did a study from the, my teacher, the death 
of a vision. That's similar to when God says no. When there's a death of the vision, uh, sometimes if we, it'll make us bitter or better. Now, I know that's a cliche, okay? It's not to make us bitter because we need to understand when the death of a vision comes and it's a no, God does have something else. Now, for this, it was something better. But sometimes when it's our fault, he doesn't necessarily put us on a shelf, but he has to divert us to something else. Right. That's happened before. That's right. So the whole idea is God still, if we're alive, God wants to use us. Amen. And so when we say no, it it, it is a strategic point. Yeah, I think um, when God says no, whatever it is, a dream, a vision, plan, something good that's in your heart, um, and God says no, he shuts the door there. too many times, we've 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 seen it. We've all seen it. Some of us maybe have been there for a while. Um, we tend to there's a tendency to fade out. Just forget it all. I'm had not enough. Yeah, I'm not going to try anymore. Sure. Kind of attitude. But in reality, uh, what what God wants to see happen is instead of fading out, He wants us to fire up for the next thing that He has. And it might be a period of waiting, which is very difficult. It might be a dark place that we have to go through before we get to the, the light at the end of that tunnel, if you want to say. Um, but it's a time to fire up for what God does have for us, the vision that he's going to give us to replace that, that one that died. I want to go back to David real quickly. I, I don't want to leave it too quickly. God said no to that. He did not know why at that point in time. And sometimes we will not know, Okay. And we may live a lifetime of not knowing until we get to glory, honestly, yeah. to know why. Because sometimes down here, the the thoughts and the ministries are incomplete. But up there in fullness, we'll see it. We will know as he is known. Now, that means we'll know everybody, but I think it also says we're going to be able to look back on our life and know of what God knew about yeah. our life that we did not know. And, you know, I think sometimes um, God does not let us in on the behind the scenes, you know, thinking of that why uh, this happened or that. Um, sometimes I believe it's because we would try to fix it. If we knew why, we would try to go back and, and we would end up making a bigger mess of things. Or maybe sometimes we just we wouldn't be able to take it. We, wouldn't, we couldn't handle the truth of it. Uh, one day we'll be able to handle handle the truth, and God will, you know, make everything right. Yeah. So, what did David do? Let me share this with you. He gathered all the material. He he prepared everything there was to prepare to build the temple, and his son did it. <laughs> okay, let me. Those of you that don't know, Nathan is is my oldest son. I have two. Jenny and I have two other sons, and. I enjoyed sports in high, junior high and high school. I enjoyed them in college, but I wasn't playing in college level. It was in a mural. So I enjoyed the sports, and it was fun. But I want to just tell you, when I saw my sons, Nathan, Matthew, and Micah, play baseball and, and do something that was great and awesome, I want to just tell you, I enjoyed it more than when I did it. Okay? So – I know David was disappointed. I know he was hurt. But to have your son 
to complete the task that you started, Nathan, I think that's a double blessing. Okay, it's a double blessing because David got to prepare. God, uh, David knew what to do, and when he died, some of his best advice, and I'm going to put it in the vernacular, and it's used in commercials, has been, just do it. And that's what he told Solomon. He said, Solomon, do everything that, that God has told you. Just do it. And I, I think David said, don't do what I did and blow it sometimes. Do everything that God would have you to do. Right. But sometimes we don't know why God says no. But his purposes are good, right? Always. Always. And you might question them. And I understand that. I would. And what you said earlier about pursuing and persisting on, let's go back to Paul, if we could, in that in the book of Acts on his second missionary journey. Uh, I, I think it's all right to test the limits because sometimes in our frailty as a human being, even filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, having the Word of God, we miss it. Yeah, we. it's easy to. Um you know, just a moment of flesh, and we can miss, you know, what God has for us. Um, sometimes there's um, obstacles put in our way by the enemy. Right. You know, there's spiritual warfare. We don't want to give in when that's the case. Sometimes God could actually be give, uh, allowing a trial to come into our lives, even, in, even somewhat of a test, you know, so we can grow in our faith. And so we don't want to shrink back. In that in that moment, um, so sometimes there is a persistence. There is a little bit of a push forward initially until we hear a word from God saying no. Until we, you know, until we know that if we were to push forward, it would actually be in disobedience. At that point, we don't want to be disobedient, but we want to be faithful in believing uh, God. And if he if we feel like He's given us a dream, a vision, a plan, do everything you can toward that until God stops you. So difficulty of the task is not no. No, it's not. It, uh, that's going to be a given. Difficulty is going to happen. In this world, we will have, the King James says, tribulations, trials. Let me put it, we're going to have junk. We're, yeah. we're, we're going to have tough stuff in our life that's going to happen to us. Yeah. And now sometimes God says no to us because of something we've done in our past. That was David's issue. Okay. In 1 Chronicles 22.8, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly and hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house upon my name because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Okay, now here it is. Nathan, I believe David was doing the will of God in those battles. Okay? But because of obedience to God in one area, okay, it didn't automatically give him the right to do something else in another area. Right. Do we assume that lots of times? Yeah, we presume too much many times. It's a dangerous sin, actually, presumption. Um, and the more powerful or the more influence that we're given, you know, David, most powerful person here in the, in the nation, um, there, there's even an increased danger of, of presumption. Um, but it, it's all a temptation for all of us. And so— you know, sometimes early success leads to thinking we've got it made. We, we, we can do it how we want to. Um, and you see a lot of uh, kings following David that had early success and then 
fell off later in their faded, life. Faded away. Yeah. So, you know, there, God, there's, there's a gazillion reasons why God might say no. Um, sometimes he says no now to say yes later. Not yet. Right is is one of his answers. Yeah. That is a that's a good response. We we'll yeah. say to that our own children, we want them to do something, but not yet. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> we don't hear not yet. We just hear no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, um, God is ultimately wise, and He knows how to speak to each of us. We can trust Him, can't we? We can, we can. But it, it's easy to say now. It's hard to go through. But I, I believe we'll all go through it at some level, at some point in our walk with the Lord. Um, you brought up something that I want to—it's it's really not chasing a rabbit, but it's not as directly as we've been all the time. One of my great heroes is Vance Havener. He wrote many books, great preacher, uh, faithful. If you haven't ever read anything by Vance Havener, get it. It will speak to your heart and to your intellect. That's, that's pretty hard to do, intellect and heart same time some writers and yeah. preachers can do that vance havener is one of those that was able to do, or he was able to do that but he preached the sermon home before dark it's one of the greatest sermons ever heard that encouraged me and he said in his life and he preached this he was 80 something when i heard him preach it he said in my life i've seen many ministers servants missionaries pastors staff members deacons <clears throat> serve the Lord all the way up. They'd been faithful from when they were saved all the way up into maybe their 50s. And then there's something that can happen, and he, he said it was satanic, that they said, after doing all this, I deserve something more. And they get off track. They get off track morally. They can get off track professionally, spiritually. They get off track because all these years of serving – we think we deserve something more. We're always in the place of his mercy and his grace, Nathan. Never apart from that, never apart will we have ever come to the place where we earn the right to do our own thing. And so God says, now I bring that out. I'm going to bring it back to when God says no to this person. And you may be listening today. You may be um you know, Saturday or Sunday, whichever day, or early in the morning, Sunday, and and you you're struggling and you're wondering what's going on. God has purpose in what He's doing in your life, and just because you've been faithful over things here doesn't mean it gives you the right to be unfaithful in the next ten years. That you don't earn you don't earn that credit, do you? No, um, you know we can't earn. Everything is a gift. So sometimes we have a no from the Lord because we've disqualified ourselves from accomplishing that that task, um, that specific thing. Um, but because of God's grace, we're never totally disqualified from serving the Lord. We can serve in some capacity, and if 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 we've disqualified ourselves from um, a task that God might have for us, um, we can look around and see what, what the next thing is. I want to use a very specific issue that's in churches, the issue of divorce and a man uh, serving, okay, as a pastor or a deacon. And th- this is also true uh, for mission agencies as well. Okay. The, the qualifications may be in the church where you're at, 
that if you've been divorced and now you're remarried, you cannot serve as an elder, a leader, you know, you may can do this and that. In place of trying to get them to change their standard, there's, you know, lowering the standard, I, again, I'm, we're not fighting that battle today. Right. We're, we're not going there because we know people on both sides of it, and I'm not going to reveal where I'm at. But I am saying the men that I have seen who have been married, divorced, and they're serving God and loving God, it doesn't matter where they have a title or not. Isn't that the kind of attitude we need to have? I don't care if it's on our uh, on our watch or what. We are to serve God where we are. We were talking about what uh, David did in preparing for the uh, you know the temple, and I, I wanted to read a little bit of this in First Chronicles twenty two fourteen. I I just love this. Listen to what he says. Indeed, I have taken much trouble to prepare for the house of the Lord. 100,000 talents of gold, 1 million talents of silver, and bronze and iron beyond measure, for it is as so abundant. I have prepared timber and stone also, and you may add to them. Moreover, there are workmen with you in abundance, hewers and workers of stone and timber, and all the types of skillful men for every kind of work. Of gold and silver and bronze and iron, there is no limit. Arise and begin working, and the Lord be with you. Hmm. Is that a right ad- attitude? Yeah, he set he set Solomon up for success, didn't he? Okay, now listen to this. Let's let's try to make it as practical as we can. Here's a guy that is in the ministry. Okay, and something happens, and whether it's his fault or discouraged or what, he gets out and he comes to the place where he goes into business, and he. It's successful business. He's got a successful business. What does he do? I, I think David's his model. I said, man, I, I could not go. I blew it, or God said no for some reason, but I sure can make it possible for those that were in the ministry or those that were going to go. Yeah. Is that the attitude? No, that's right. So when God says no, it doesn't mean you're put on a shelf and, okay, your, your, your life is wasted. You make much of what God has given you. And when God says no, it could be a different direction, couldn't it? That's right, redirection. I, I think about uh, parenting my children, and I've learned a lot from my wife in this. Um, sometimes, now sometimes they just get a no, <laughs> you know, uh, and depending on how dangerous or uh, or how many times I have warned them and told them before, it might be a more forceful no. Uh, sometimes it's a, a real gentle no, uh, but many times children um, they need to be redirected, and so when they get a no, show them what they have a yes for. In, in other words, don't don't play with these scissors. Here, here's some crayons and a piece of paper. Let's let's color together, right? Something like that. Um, and I have to do that a lot with my my two year old. <laughs> He was actually literally running with scissors the other day. So I, I was, as I was chasing him, I was thinking, this is so cliche. You know, I'm yelling at my son, don't run with scissors. But, you know, okay. And, and I'm saying this, you know, you know, little boys and scissors, <laughs> little boys and matches. Just little boys, Just right? Just little boys. <laughs> and, and how about Play-Doh? Yeah, yeah. It's little boys. My dad, your granddad said, Bert. The best proof God exists is little boys surviving their childhood. Mm, that's said, right. Now, some of them don't, but said little boys, 
uh, it, they're they're just made a little different than little girls. Yeah. And God made them. And I don't care what the transgender attitude is. And I know that we don't usually get on political things. That's that's moral though. So we're good on it. God made us. Isn't right. that people wanting to become God? Mm. That going yeah. to transgender. Let's talk about that just a minute. God has made you who you are. Yeah. You know. It's fighting against the limits, the natural limits that he's already set up. It is. And it's saying, I know better. So if you're out there listening to the agenda of that, listen to God's agenda. He made a male and female. And uh, just that. Let's go to the next and last thing we want to do, and it won't take long. What Solomon did and uh, what what David told him to do, and I've already referred to it, but I want to get the exact uh, passage. It's in First Chronicles 28, verse 10. And uh, let me just read 9 and 10. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father. Isn't that great? Know the God of your father. That's, I had a dad like that, and hopefully I've been a dad like that. Follow, yeah. follow my God, as, as, and that's what David is saying, and serve him. Follow him, worship him, know him, serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. Now, isn't that great? He came to that conclusion after God said, no, God knows my heart. Okay. And it says, if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you out forever. Now, here's verse 10. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong. And do it. That's that's what I said. Just do it. Be strong and do it. Now, Nathan, what I want to see is God has chosen you. Uh, don't want to get into predestination and all of that, but I know one thing about predestination. Many times he chooses us for a task. Okay? We were pre, uh, you know, determined for knowledge to do the task that God has called us to do. And he had Solomon laid out, ready to do it, a wise man, and God chose him. Uh, I, I, I thank God for that, that he knew David. David's heart was right, but he said, I'm not going to want you to do it, David. I want your son to do it. But I go back to this. I really believe that was a double blessing, Nathan, uh, for David. You know, he, he, yeah. he was able to prepare and he was able to share it with his son. And I don't think there's any better thing than to do what we talk about here is passing it on to others. We to know him and make him known, that's also in service. We're to bring others along with us. And David was bringing Solomon along and giving him that task. That's right. Um, if we had a, were to take all this and kind of apply it in the specific area of, of missions, cross-cultural missions, I would say that there are many people who God calls to go make disciples of nations somewhere, and they they disobey. They tell God no. There's a few that they say, yes, I will go, but for whatever reason, God tells them no and closes that door. What we need are people who maybe not can go or maybe don't feel compelled to go. They might have been told, no, you can't go. We need people to send others. We need people to pray. We need people to give financially, give resources, and we need people to send and mobilize others to go. That's what Exploring Missions is about, equipping the saints to do the work of the Great Commission. Whether you're sending, whether you're going, 
Be faithful with what God has given you.